0: Reading this morning will be from uh, Colossians 1, 11 through 20, on page 155 in your pew Bible. May you be made strong with all of the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created things visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers all things have been created through him and for him he himself is before all things and in him all things hold together he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the newborn from the dead, so that he might have come, come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of our Lord.
1: I want to begin by saying thank you to Betty Jane for the beautiful flowers uh, this morning. And uh, they are a great reminder of uh, all the beautiful things God does for us and the ways that we can enjoy that and celebrate that as we go into to Thanksgiving. Well, speaking of Thanksgiving, how many of you are ready for um, serving or eating Thanksgiving dinner? Everybody? Wow, you're already ready. This group, I, I'm not sure about, I think this is a more honest group over here because none of them raised their hands. Um, so uh, maybe y'all should go to their house. Um, well, I'm glad that you're, you won't be there. Okay. All right. I figured there had to be a story in there somewhere. Well, as, as you get ready, uh, and for those of you who are ready, you probably have some list that you're working from, right? You, you've been trying to come up with uh, exactly what you're gonna have. Like, uh, what are some things that are just basics to your Thanksgiving dinner? Turkey, okay. All right, there you go. Turkey, a dressing, pumpkin pie, cranberry. See, yeah, that, you gotta have that. Some people leave that off, but I think you have to have that for it to be a, a true Thanksgiving meal. Yes? Gravy, all right. Ooh, we're we're all getting hungry in here. Yes, sir. Wait, what, what did you say? Gumbo, okay. Louisiana touch to it, and Brussels sprouts. No, Sabra. You're you're at the wrong church, huh? Do they, Randy? Not everybody in your family does. Okay, Ken. Pecan pie. Oh, my. Excuse me? You don't know a No. Is that legal? Now they're legal. Oh, okay. for medical use. All right. Well, I figured, Bill. Well, there are several things that I hope that you will make sure are on your list as you get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving, and they're not so much a part of... Uh, what you sit down to eat uh, at Thanksgiving uh, dinner, but that you ought to have with you, not only on Thanksgiving Day, but you ought to have as a part of your life at all times. And we have heard all three of these mentioned in our Scripture this morning, especially in Colossians. And since we don't have the, uh, the verses on the screen this morning, I want to invite you to make sure you found that in your pew Bible. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, and we are going to look at several verses. This is a, a beautiful uh, hymn that is uh, written by Paul, and it's right here in the uh, the very first chapter. Several weeks ago, we looked at this same chapter in uh, Colossians on All Saints Sunday. We talked about the hope that we could find in the midst of uh, loss and suffering, but Backing up a few verses before that, in in verses 11 through 20, and this is on page 155 in in your New Testament, and this is Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, as uh, Mike just read uh, a little bit ago. And as we look at this particular text, we see all three of these mentioned, and they really are carried throughout all of it. Uh, You'll see uh, some of them mentioned more than once, and then some that are referenced, alluded to in different ways by Paul, and he does it not only in this chapter one, but you'll see it in different places in the rest uh, of the chapter as well. And one of the, the, really the first thing, the the beginning point, I think, for Thanksgiving is making sure that uh, you are remembering reconciliation. That's one of those long Uh, theological words, uh, which is also one that we use uh, with marriage or with relationships. We talk about reconciliation. Paul writes to the Colossians and he wants them to be more grounded in their faith. There are people coming into their church and uh, leading them astray. They are teaching them some things that Paul is really worried about. And so he is writing to them to say, I want to begin my letter with this strong emphasis on who Jesus is, that you would know the supremacy of Christ. And as you hear things that are not correct, or maybe a twisted account of who Jesus is, then you would know, you would know without a doubt that this is Uh, who Jesus is. And he mentions uh, in this about reconciliation and that Jesus came to reconcile them back to God. If you look in verse 20 there in this first chapter, you will see where he mentions this. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And if, if you want to do a little study, you could go through this first chapter or you could go through the whole letter and find out how many times Paul mentions all, or all things. It is something that he just keeps bringing up again and again. And it is this universality of the work of Christ, and uh, how everything, all things, relate to Christ. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself himself, "...all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of His cross." So Paul is telling them, you don't have just some partial reconciliation. Uh, it's not that God only brought a few people that, uh, that He wanted to, to come into relationship with Him. It's that God reconciled all things. Not just people, but all things." If you've ever read, let's say, Jonah, uh, you find out that Jonah is supposed to go to Nineveh and to preach to the people who are there, and not only to call the people to repentance, but to call the animals to repentance. The animals take on um, the, the same outward signs of repentance. They, they make sure that the animals are uh, dressed accordingly, to, uh, to show this, that everybody is repenting. It's, it's a matter of all creation. Sometimes we forget we're the only ones here, right? Um, there are lots of creatures that accompany us in this world. And God has redeemed, uh, reconciled all things, Paul says, uh, unto himself. And so this would give them significance and, and encouragement in their darkest days, that they could know they didn't uh, have to do anything, that God did all of this reconciliation, brought them into, back into a relationship, even though they strayed away. And he, he mentions things like darkness and sin and, and all of that here. But he says God took care of all of that. And he mentions the forgiveness of sins. Well, there was an article on uh, the website uh, called The Science of Us. And it it listed the 17 things that we know about forgiveness. So 17 things. And probably the most interesting scientific study on forgiveness uh, noted uh, really who, not uh, necessarily just what, but who does not forgive. And the article summarized the research in this way. It says... Cat, Where's Debbie, by the way? Debbie's not here. This is for Debbie. Cats? Cats never forgive. Did you know that? <laughs> Scientists have observed conciliatory behavior in many different animal species. The bulk of the research has been on primates like bonobos, mountain gorillas, and chimps, who often follow confrontations with friendly behavior like embracing or kissing. Scientists have observed similar behaviors in non-primates, like goats. I mean, even a goat will forgive you. And hyenas, the only species that has so far failed to show outward signs of reconciliation are domestic cats. (laughs) So, in other words, when it comes to forgiving others, Don't act like a cat, right? They're not going to forgive you. We all need forgiveness, don't we? And as we think about what it means to be reconciled, it involves forgiveness. It involves working through particular issues between two people or a person and a cat. But whatever the case, it is bringing these two things together. And what we are to hear today as a great foundation for our thanksgiving is that God has reconciled us. And it doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter whatever our list of sins or uh, whatever things that, that we have done to other people. God has provided us with reconciliation. And the question would be, have you entered into that reconciliation? Because it's not something that is coerced. It is something that God invites you to come and to participate in. God says, come, I I want you to come unto me because I have longed for this relationship with you, with, with my creation. And God draws us in that way. And as Paul mentions, this happens Through Jesus. God uses Jesus to bring the world closer to God. And I wonder, are you feeling that sense of proximity? Are you feeling that reconciliation and the forgiveness and the the restoration that God has provided? If you have, that I am confident that, that, that this will be on your list. That when you wake up in the morning, you could could just rejoice in knowing that God has looked upon you, that God loves you, that God uh, overlooks whatever faults you may have, whatever things that you've done wrong in the past. And as Jesus would express every day of his life, and even in his death, that God forgives us unconditionally. Why is it so hard for us to accept? Why do we sometimes refuse that reconciliation? Be sure that that one is on your list. A second item that we find here is another R word. It is redemption. And Paul writes to the, the Colossians about redemption and he uses uh, A couple of verses, not just in these two verses. But if you look in in verses 13 and 14 in this first chapter. It says, He has rescued us. That's a good word. He has rescued us from the power of darkness. And He has transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. So we've changed kingdoms. Or, He says, you have gone from no kingdom at all into the kingdom of, of Jesus. Into the kingdom of God in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Paul probably understood that they didn't feel very useful, that they felt apart. They were apart from so many other uh, Christians and churches, and they were dealing with uh, some real struggles in their uh, region. And probably with people coming in and telling them they weren't good enough, Uh, as they battled with uh, Gnosticism and this idea that the the body is sinful and uh, your your soul uh, is in battle with your body, and uh, just this whole idea of what what Paul would refer to as a false teaching, um, that they could really never be good enough. And Paul wants them to know, you've not only been reconciled, you have been redeemed. And in a financial sense, if you think about being bought back, you, you redeem something, you, you buy something back, or you bring something back, or you make something useful again. Paul says, you are now useful because of, of what Christ has taught you and because you have received this beautiful news, this gospel that was preached to you as people came into your city and told you about Jesus. You responded, and you are being used by God in your world. The I don't know how many Who fans there are. Bill, I'm sure, would be one, um, and, uh, and Scooter back there. and Oh, okay, Clay, we've got a few Who fans. Uh, John Entwistle, who is the uh, former bass guitarist with The Who, he once made a guitar composed from the parts of five broken guitars. Bill, this just sounds like you. Uh, and he called this guitar Frankenstein. One day, the rest of the band came into his hotel room to find him jumping up and down, saying, It's alive! It's alive! Twistle described his creation in this way. And this comes uh, from an a article by Andy Scarliff. Uh, titled, The Ten Most Wanted Fender Bases," Right up your alley, Bill. He says, uh, I put this together in San Francisco on a day off, uh, partway through a Who tour. It's the remains of five smashed bases, hence the name Frankenstein. In the mid-1970s, it was retired from stage work, so I had it refinished from sunburst into its present pink color. I used this baby uh, from 1967 onwards through our most famous tours. The neck, pickups, and uh, circuitry are uh, from a dead slab bass, the tailpiece from a jazz bass, the pickguard from a black P bass, and the machine heads from two white P basses. I don't know what any of that means, but... <laughs> It took two hours with a Phillips screwdriver and a soldering iron and I was ranting around my hotel room screaming, it's alive, it's alive. After Entwistle's death, this guitar, Frankenstein, was auctioned at Sotheby's in London and it was expected to fetch about $10,000. Instead, it fetched a staggering $100,000. Anyone looking at those broken guitars would have thought that they were good for nothing. But he was able to take things that were broken, things that were, were no longer useful in most people's eyes, and bring them together to make them something special and, and very uh, expensive. And that is what Paul is getting at with this word redemption, that, That God took all of the broken people and all of the pieces of the broken people and pulled them together to say, I'm going to do something very special. I'm going to redeem this broken creation and and put it back together in a way that, that looks like my son, Jesus And this was encouraging for those Colossian Christians. And it ought to be encouraging to us today as well. It ought to lead us to great thanksgiving. Because we realize we have been broken. Maybe this morning you feel broken in a lot of different ways. Maybe you uh, see the pieces of your life just kind of scattered around and you're not sure how you could ever get those back together. And God gives us away. God says, I have taken care of that. Whenever we hear the word saved, we ought to think about this word redemption. Of how God saves us. And that that word in the uh, the original language, uh, the Greek language, means uh, made whole. That God has taken what was incomplete and made it whole. And that is what God has done for us. In Jesus, He has made us whole. So when somebody says, get, get your act together, get yourself together, you could say, I already have it. It's all already together. It may not look like it at the moment, but I, I am all together because God has brought me together. He has brought all of the random broken pieces and made something awesome. And as you sit down for your Thanksgiving meal, that you celebrate the awesomeness of, of who you are and how great God has made you to be. So, reconciliation and redemption, but also connection. That's a third thing, a third item that ought to be on our Thanksgiving list. If you look here in verse 17, Paul mentions this as he talks about the uh, really what is the glue of the universe He says, he himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This holding together, it it is cohesion, that, that Jesus is holding everything in the universe together. And again, this had to be of help to those Colossians, as they felt separated and scattered in so many different ways, that as they would... Remember who they were in Christ, then they could always find their place. They could know that nothing's going to pull them apart, that they're not going to fall apart uh, because of anything that would ever be done to them. They had been made whole, and it was for good what What is the strongest glue ever known to to man or woman? Gorilla glue, some would say gorilla glue. Anybody want to challenge Gorilla Glue? Okay, silicone. Friendship? Now that's deep. It's hard to top that one. Okay, all right. Specific kind of glue. Well, um, some of them that were researched were super glue or crazy glue. Those were kind of the early ones. Remember the guy who had it on his helmet and was hanging on a, um, a beam? I don't know if that really happened or not. But the uh, Quora website, they did a study on this. And uh, those glues, the uh, super glue and crazy glue, are actually a class or type of adhesive called cyanocrylate, also known as instant glues. And so these are very powerful. And if you're looking for glue in a strength-to-strength perspective, then these probably do supply the strongest bond. So super glue probably does give you the strongest bond, and, you know, they're resistant to most chemicals, water, and even heat. However, they are not flexible, so they can bend or expand or contract, and they become brittle, and they'll just break. Uh, Others may think it's uh, two-part epoxies because they are strong, flexible, waterproof, and resistant to heat, cold, and chemical exposure, Uh, and they are high-performance adhesives that are used in uh, aircraft. I mean, you definitely want your aircraft uh, to stay together, right, Randy? You probably use super glue on yours, Um, but you want everything to stay together as you're up there and... uh, dealing with all of the stress uh, of uh, flying but also uh, things that other like big boats and um, other things that are definitely taking on water and the stressors around them. But it does turn out that gorilla glue, whoever said that, uh, probably wins here uh, because it is super uh, adhesive. It is a polyurethane adhesive. Like two-part epoxies can bond to a variety of substrates and is resistant to water, heat, pretty much everything. And so go out and buy you a, a tube of Gorilla Glue um, and you can celebrate. But as we think about the, the super glues that we have around us, we can also remember uh, that, that Jesus is referred to here in such a way that, that Jesus is the glue of the universe. Jesus holds all things together. And as we are in a day, especially in a nation where it seems like everything is is being pulled apart, we can know that we are held together right here in this place today. We are held together by the bond, the bonding of Jesus Christ. And as an individual, you can know that no matter what comes your way, whether it's suffering or sickness or depression or problems that that relate to relationships or whatever else it might be, finances, that you can know Jesus is holding you together. Now, in our prayer requests that we get each week, almost without fail every week, one of those will mention one of the things I just mentioned finances, pray for my finances pray for uh, this particular illness either of my own or someone else's pray for our nation I mean there are just many things that are, are listed there for us and all of those things Christ brings us together and holds us together and even though it may feel like we're falling apart and and things are coming apart at the seam, that we are held together by the strongest um, element in the universe, Jesus Christ. How does this relate to how we function as a church? We've been having a a great time on Wednesday nights. There is a a group, uh, mainly our church council, that has been coming together to uh, follow up on our Dawnings retreat that we had in May and talking about who who does God want us to be and what does God want us to do? Those are two questions. There's no agenda. We just try to answer those questions. Who does God want us to be? And then what does God want us to do? And as we've been talking about those things and talking about uh, what it means to have a vision for the church and what it means to... Uh, form together, to have spiritual formation, and to engage the world around us. We, uh, well, I think I have them right here. I feel like Jimmy Fallon pulling stuff out of, (laughs) underneath. Uh, I passed out Play-Doh the other day. They're horrified that I would show you these. And uh, I had them mold some things as we read from Jeremiah about uh, the potter and the clay. And we did some different assignments with it, and I'm not going to pass these around, but uh, we're, we're going to fully display them one day. Uh, and this is not Play-Doh. It's a knockoff. It's um, a happy dough. <laughs> Apparently, you can eat it as a toddler. <laughs> it comes out looking just like, well, never mind. Um, but the, uh, the thing about all of that was for us to, to recognize what it means to be formed and, and, and to be held together as a congregation, and we need that for us to really be the congregation God wants us to be, and that's what we want, right? For us to be that, we have to recognize what it is that we have in common, because we are an extremely diverse congregation, which is good. That's what we want to be, and I believe firmly that's what God wants us to be. But if we're going to thrive in that diversity, we must understand what it is that holds us all together. And that is Christ. As you think about Thanksgiving this week, give thanks for this common bond that we have. Give thanks for the glue of the universe that holds you together as well. Whenever I go to the store... Uh, and and I think about what it is that I need, I find that I have to write it down, right? Uh, If I don't, I walk in the store, and I I haven't been to the new Whole Foods yet. Uh, Jenny tried to get me to go the other day, and I told her I was praying, and uh, was not (laughs) not able to do that at that particular time. But walking into a store like that, it's overwhelming. It's like walking into Bucky's. You walk in and, you know, it's just overwhelming. And my my ADHD brain, it doesn't take much to uh, scatter it uh, anyway. But walking into a store, you know, I'm supposed to get uh, eggs, dog food, and, you know, a few other things. And I just go blank. I have no idea why I'm there and what I'm supposed to get. But if I write it down, then there's something about the process of writing it that ingrains it in my memory, but also I keep it with me so I could pull it out or look on my phone and see what it is that I'm supposed to remember about being there. And the same thing is true with us spiritually. And as we enter into this time of thanksgiving, there are three key things that you just ought not forget. Reconciliation. Redemption and connection. Make sure those are on your list as you go through this week. Let's pray.